This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome back, guys, to a brand new episode of Uni Therapy. Is it weird when I say that every episode? Um, or is that what you're supposed to do? I think that's what you're supposed to say. Okay. Well, we have a very special episode, and uh, I have my friend Kellen. What up? Here with me. You guys might know her. She's been on the podcast quite a few times, and we will explain why she's on here in a second. But anything you want to say to the people before we... I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) Okay. So I'm glad you're happy to be here because this will be the third time we have done this. And I'm very grateful that you are willing to do this again. And it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. I I want you guys to know a lot is going into this episode. (laughs) More than it should. But here we are. So let's just get into it, right? Should we? Okay. So you guys might have already figured it out, but this episode is going to be about narcissism. Well, I guess I should read that. Oh, yeah. Your statement? Yeah. My statement. (laughs) It's my PR statement. Me and my publicist wrote this one. Okay. So (laughs) this episode is on narcissism. And before we get started, I just want to talk to you a little bit about why we're doing this and what the goal is. So the goal of this episode is to help other people understand what it feels like to be impacted in whatever kind of relationship, whether it's romantic, a coach, a boss, a parent, a friend. So the goal is to help anybody who's been impacted with or by someone with narcissistic traits or somebody who has full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. We will also be talking about the difference of those. So really our goal is to help people understand what it is. Now, some of you may be aware that I have previously released an episode on narcissism that has since been removed from the Unit Therapy Library. For that reason, I would like to bring attention to a very distinct disclaimer and make it 
more clear than ever that throughout the entirety of this podcast, and especially this episode, I am in no way diagnosing anyone with any mental health disorder. I also don't want to diagnose anybody with a mental health disorder. I can't do that unless you're in my room and asking for help and treatment. And if you were in my office and I have offered you a diagnosis, I definitely wouldn't be talking about it on here because HIPAA. And also, I just wouldn't do that because I'm not a bad person. She's a professional. (laughs) So I will be talking about experiences, some real and some hypothetical, that will help paint the picture of what narcissistic traits can look like. And additionally, with that, myself and Kellen will share how we felt as a direct result of these types of interaction. My hope in releasing this episode is to help educate humans who, like I did, may find themselves in the midst of a relationship that makes you or them or I feel crazy, devalued, or just straight up confused. And I want to empower individuals to help find refuge in healing from relationships that have damaged their sense of self. When narcissistic behaviors enter a relationship, it can be tricky and messy, and it's hard to find your sense of power and your sense of self-efficacy in that space. And today I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be impossible. Amen. Okay. Shall we start with what is a narcissist? Yeah. Why do you think it's such a trendy word that's being thrown around right now? We throw this word around way, way, way too much. And there, I have a couple ideas of why I think that is, and you can give your two cents. I really would like us to stop calling everybody who's a jerk a narcissist. The truth is you can act or be in quotes narcissistic and not have a personality disorder. And I really want everybody to know the difference. So I think one of the reasons that we just label people that very easily is because when I can call somebody else a narcissist, I can take away any of the blame on anything that I've done. Mm. Right. So I get to be a victim. I feel like it has a little bit more weight than just calling him an asshole. Right. Oh, yeah. Because an asshole, like you can have some blame in that. Mm-hmm. situation as well but if you call someone a narcissist it's like they have it's a personality the, disorder yeah, yeah it's all their fault yes yes and so i think part of it is a lot of us don't want to look at ourselves because looking at our stuff is hard and we will get a little bit more into that but the reason that's trendy is we have a rise in narcissism in america so i think the statistic from psychology today was 70 percent of i think it was college age students scored higher on narcissism and lower on empathy than they did 30 years ago really scary yeah and we have a rise in narcissism for multiple reasons one being the cohort that we grew up in which this is not a bad thing i think this was good intentions but our cohort we grew up in this like self-esteem generation right like we Mm -hmm. want to give everybody self-esteem the issue is how we get our self-esteem like we need self-esteem but if we're getting it from the outside if we're getting it from achievements and grades and status self-esteem says that you're good when you're performing well and only one person can be the best right and so then everybody's trying to fight to be the best and if you're not the best you're not good right so i think that that's part of one of one of the reasons that narcissism has risen is how we're going about getting our self-esteem from outside sources and less internal so let's talk about what the difference between the tendency and the traits and the disorder is okay so you know more than most people on this but what would you guess the difference is my guess is that we can probably take on some narcissistic traits if we're in an unhealthy state, like if we're just being selfish or we're upset about things. It can be a standalone instance um, where it happens. And then also at the same time, like 
we do have to have some self-love. Like that's important. And while we might hurt some people from what I experience and what I know that a narcissist or someone that actually has a personality disorder, it shows up in all areas of their life. It is not just like standalone instances where they have unhealthy moments. It is all relationships that Mm -hmm. it like takes on. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So let's start with this. Remember when I called this a hot take? I think it is a hot take. It is a hot take. Okay. So (laughs) the hot take that I'm going to throw at you guys is everybody has to have a healthy amount of narcissism. We need a healthy. They don't have to have, but we need a healthy amount of narcissism to survive in the world because we need to feel confident and we need to feel like we are successful in order to connect with people and relate to people and show up fully as us. To piggyback off that, what is the Webster's Dictionary of Narcissism? Like if we're supposed to have a healthy amount of it, what is... Well, I don't know the Webster's Dictionary. We can look it up. But (laughs) the word narcissism, if you bring it to the basic sense of it, means a tendency to self-worship. This stems from a desire to be loved and cared for, which is a very normal thing that we all should and need that's very normal it can look like selfishness it can look like a sense of entitlement it can look like a lack of empathy and a desire and a need for admiration again we all have these traits we all have this all shows up in our lives at some point yeah but it's not pervasive and so we can have traits of narcissism and not have a full-blown disorder because it shows up in pockets of our lives we all also go through a narcissistic stage of development okay and so a lot of times people will say like when they're learning or figuring out what narcissism is or like that sounds like my teenager right interesting so like the way they're acting sounds yeah, like because it's super normal for a teenager to be really egocentric yeah. and obsessed with themselves yeah. right super normal and so what happens and we're going to get deeper into this but what happens is there's a wound there's an injury a trauma whether it be big t or little t that happens in the stage of a development narcissism usually from what we know starts in childhood from a wound in childhood to adolescence and so they get stuck in that stage of development and never move past it where it's really it would be normal behavior for like a 16 year old but a 40 year old man shouldn't be acting, acting like, that. like that yeah and when I when I think back to when you say acting out as a teenager, like any of those selfish tendencies or anything like that, that I was acting out, it was all out of insecurity. One thousand percent. Because I'm trying to figure out who I am. Uh, yes. 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 And you're trying to find your footing. Yeah. Now, so narcissistic personality disorder is one of 10 personality disorders. Just one of 10. It consists of long term traits it doesn't it's not like oh they were a narcissist from 30 to 35 like it's a Mm. long-term thing and the traits impact the people that they're in relationship with and it infuriates any interpersonal relationships that are very close now again you have to meet certain criteria that's in the dsm do you want to tell everybody what the dsm is the last time we recorded it (laughs) kellen asked me to say what it meant so do you know what you remember i don't remember diagnostic statistical manual and we're in the fifth edition and they're probably going to come out with another one soon but this is a little insider info that I got at a training I went to recently that they're working on a diagnosis for narcissistic abuse syndrome is what they said it might be called. But this has become such a thing that we've seen over and over in therapy rooms that there's going to be a diagnosis of it. So it's very serious. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, we can't just throw out this word all the time because this is a serious thing that really hurts people. 
the point of me saying that was this is a personality disorder that like you have to meet certain criteria to be diagnosed with this. I think it's like five of the 13 pieces. You've got five of them. We're not going to go through all of those because nobody in the world needs to diagnose people. Right. We don't need to know um, the clinical. It, yeah, that's not that important. But I, I say that because I want you to know that this is like a serious disorder, like bipolar disorder. I mean, that's a mood disorder, but it's an actual diagnosis for people. But also people go around throwing those kind of they're so bipolar. Bipolar doesn't actually look like what most people think it looks like. Yeah. So I think that part of me wanting to talk about this is there's such a stigma attached to all mental health disorders and I want us to be more careful with what we say and how we say it. We use the term really often to describe anybody who looks self-centered as a narcissist. The personality disorder I want you to know is more than that. So for true severe malignant narcissism, pretty dangerous narcissism, you're going to look for two things that are going to be pervasive. One is a lack of empathy. So inability to care about another person's pain, really, which is scary. It's so scary to think about. Now these people can look like they have empathy, but they don't feel it. So they truly don't feel it. And then the other thing is they might purposefully create pain for others. Now, both of us have caused pain to other people. Oh, absolutely. But we did not do it on purpose. No. And these people will purposely create pain for others and they'll use other people's dysregulation as a way to regulate themselves. Yeah, let's give an example of that. Well, this would be like me just teasing you. And you just keep going. Yeah, and I'm doing that to gain power and superiority over you if I'm the one with the disorder. But me or you, we couldn't do that. If we saw somebody in pain, we it would we couldn't do that. No. So these people will purposely try to create pain for others so they can rise above. Now, where does this come from? Like I said, it comes from a, a wound, a trauma. Now, it's not genetic. So, well, to what we know so far, there's been no link to genetics. Now, if you have a parent who struggles with this, it could be traits or the full-blown personality disorder. If you have a parent who has that, you could take on some of those traits and that could be your wound. that then moves you towards developing this disorder yourself but it's not genetic that would be a environmental trauma that would be about your environment not your genes so it's not 100% out there but from what we know now there's a correlation between this disorder and being stuck in a specific stage of development due to your trauma and not having all your needs met at that stage so you can move past it. We call that the narcissistic injury, and that's an experience that injures your pride or your sense of self, and the narcissist... So many S's, and I, like, kind of have a lisp, so it's really hard for me to do this. (laughs) I'll never let that go. (laughs) That's my trauma. When my an ex-boyfriend told me that I had a lisp, now here I am with the podcast. Look at her Look now. at me now. Um, okay. The narcissist's excessive self-absorption is a protection against their unconscious feelings of inadequacy. So hear what I said, unconscious. They're not aware. Mm-mm. And these people will move towards the avoidant side of attachment. And so they're going to be the more zipped up kind. People who have avoidant attachment, they have feelings. They're just asleep to them. Right. So this person, they have inadequacy feelings of insecurity, but they're asleep to it. So most of these people show up as very, very big and they think they're great. But deep, deep down underneath all of the stuff that they put on top of their wound, they're pretty insecure people. So these people, they look big, like from the outside looking in, like they look great. And this is somebody that's going to look like a CEO of a company. They're going to be like the most fun person in the group of friends. They might run a nonprofit and be this great do good person. I mean, they might be the president of the United States. <clears throat> Maybe. <laughs> 
we're not diagnosing anybody but that's they're going to be in these big powerful positions that's not to say that everybody who's in a powerful position is a narcissist at all no and i will say according to the research we have now 75 percent of the people diagnosed with the actual personality disorder are men so we might be leaning towards saying men in this podcast and that's just because that's what we're used to seeing it's the vast majority also most people with the personality disorder they're not going to show up in a therapy room because they're generally pretty happy with themselves and they don't feel the dysfunction that the world feels around them do they at all feel a need to grow in any sense well they need to be bigger because they always want to be on the top essentially so they need to grow in success and admiration this is what's really interesting is they can show up as having empathy and being a a really great person because they want people to think good of them and that's what good is so they can act in those ways but they don't feel that somebody might show up in my therapy office because they want to work on self-development and do all this stuff and blah 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 but it's more of a show of like i'm going to do the right things to look the right way but Mm. i'm not going because i really want to get into the deep wounds i have and work on this really hard stuff and they probably wouldn't be super honest in that room most likely not because they want to keep their you know facade up of who they are 100 percent. one thing i do want to throw in here as we're talking about this is a big difference between somebody who just has traits and somebody who has a personality disorder is they might sometimes look very similar but somebody who has just the traits of narcissism or is showing up with some traits of that they have the ability to feel so they have empathy so they will eventually at some point they might apologize or try to work on themselves or try to shift or change and somebody with a personality disorder is way less likely to do that because the person with traits still can have empathy they have access to it right but somebody with a disorder just doesn't complete lack so would you say and this might be too much of a general statement but someone with an actual personality disorder would it be harder for them to have long-term relationships because it's so easy for them to discard people that yeah and we're going to get into the stages of the relationship and that's one of the stages and that's to say like not just romantic relationships any kind of relationship i'm even thinking friendships like yes i think if i were acting out of some narcissistic trait and i made someone upset like i wouldn't want to end the friendship with them because they're upset with me it'd be like i want to get that like help me Mm -hmm. see which we need that that helps yeah that helps us grow and and be different but these people don't need to grow you need to do something so yeah we're going to get into the stages of that and that's a really good thing to bring up now like we said inside of every grandiose narcissist which is some somebody who has the typical traits that we see of the bigger than because there's different kinds of narcissism that we're not going to get into again inside every one of them is a highly insecure child on the outside very charismatic very charming and when they show up near you and their light of who they are shines on you it feels like the best thing in the whole entire world Mm -hmm. as long as you are mirroring back what they want you to mirror back then you're good and you feel great and they feel great Now, if their light moves away from you, then it gets really scary. And when you're in relationships with these people, to me, I think it's really sad because me or you who is doesn't have this personality disorder, we can be in a relationship and we're relating to that person we're connecting. Somebody with the personality disorder is connecting to themselves. So while you're connecting to them, they're connecting to them too. Can you explain? Yeah. It's not like a, I give and I receive. Like me and you can give and receive. Yeah. They just want to receive. So where a lot of people get confused is somebody with this personality disorder does not go after weak, bad, icky people. 
They don't go after people that need to be rescued. No. Or- they go after people who have something that they want. So they're going to go after you, shine their light on you. And this is where love bombing comes in. And you're familiar with love bombing, but and it usually happens in romantic relationships, but it can be in any yes. relationship. It's where that light shines on you and it feels so good. And we're going to use the romantic relationship as the example, but it will look like you go on a date with somebody and this person is mirroring. I mean, everything. Your favorite food is their favorite food. Your favorite music is their favorite music. Your favorite place to, you love road trips. I love road trips. You want to move to Canada? So do I. Like everything is perfect and it's showering with compliments and gifts and oh my gosh we're soulmates from like the first moment we meet and it just feels so good almost good too good to be true and that's a red flag for you guys if you're wondering like how do i spot this if you're ever wondering in the beginning of a relationship if this is too good to be true it probably is yeah because what they're doing is they're somewhat trying to like hook you in right because you might not like the person at first you might find yourself being like, I don't know if I really like them. And then you go on that second date and you're like, all of a sudden I'm in love with this person. What happened? Yeah. They like bring you the perfect gift. They take you it's, to the perfect spot. Yes. They and like, it's not too much. It's like just, it's yeah. like, so, cause they know how to read. These are smart people. Yeah. They're very smart, manipulative types of humans. Yeah. They're and, not going to come across like crazy, crazy in love obsessive. It's going to be very mm-hmm. like no. normal appe- appearing to mm-hmm. be normal. Yeah. And they're going to show up as somebody who can help you be the best version of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which so, typically good people that they're going after also want to become the best yeah, version of who 100%. they want to be. So we're attracted to yeah. someone that's going to make us better. Yes. So I want you guys to remember as we go through this, this, these types of people are going to be attracted to people who have something that they want. Can we kind of give an example of mirroring? So when you say that they're going after someone that's going to mirror something really good back to them, it could be, let's just say in a romantic relationship, someone starts to date you and they realize like you have all these great friendships and that's what they're looking for is like mm-hmm. friendships. And so like they're trying to get that from you. Like that's part of what mm-hmm. it would look like. So what happens is you end up being an extension of them. So at the beginning of the relationship, the person will start to like over idealize you. And when you start to show up as a human, because they see that thing you want that they you have and they're like ah i'm gonna over idealize you to make you hook on to me generally this isn't every single time with every single human with this so then you're connected to them but then what happens because they have a somewhat fantasy of you then you start to show up as human real yeah and the person with the narcissistic traits or more so somebody with a narcissistic personality disorder will try to fix you and they'll say things like don't let me down and they can become super embarrassed of you if you're not perfect because you're an extension of them and they need you to mirror back to them what they want to see in themselves which is all good all good yeah because their pride has been so hurt that they can't deal with a lot of the insecurities that we can deal with normally as a human it's not easy to be insecure but we don't feel like we're going to fall to the ground and die no like i said they they lack the ability to connect in a relational way right so like i said it's not giving and receiving it's just receiving so if you are in this relationship though and you feel like they are giving what is that actually is that just them acting out thinking this is what i need to do to keep this relationship or what is that their motivation for that forgiving just to look good yeah and in the <laughs> beginning it's to keep you around because it's that love bomb i'm going to take you on these trips and i'll buy you these presents i'm going to look like the best person ever I'm gonna look like the best partner ever i'm going to look like the best boss ever i'm going to look like the best everything and then they also want the outside world to see that mm, yeah they got to paint the picture yeah they have to paint the picture it ends up being very tra- transactional instead of relational 
Now, this is really interesting to me, and it's it. I'm going to see how how you feel and how you felt this, but people with this disorder will take things very personal. So if I come home from a hard day at work and I say, oh, I have a hard day at work, they won't hear you talking about your hard day. They'll hear some kind of criticism towards them. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't do enough. They're very, like I said, they're very sensitive, but they don't show up that way, but they are. So it's super confusing because you're like, oh, you're this confident person. That can't be what's happening. And so then you start to think that it's something about you when they're cruel they aren't trying to put you down so they feel better about themselves or because they're trying to like help you out of goodness they're putting you down because they want to fix you because again you're that extension of them and if you mess up they feel insecure and if you don't listen to them it threatens their authority and they like mm-hmm. to feel powerful these mm-hmm. people relate to power way more than love and so like i said if you mess up and you're that extension they're going to see that and it's going to make them feel super insecure They're not going to like that. And so that comes out towards you. Their love's very conditional, right? Yeah. You do the things I need you to do and you act the way I, and you mirror the things I need, then we'll stay in connection. But anytime you act outside of that, things start to get scary. And for somebody who doesn't know that they're in a relationship with this, somebody with this personality disorder, it's so confusing. Very. Because you go from this person who is like everything you've ever dreamed of to wait, what's happening? Yeah. And you trust this person and you do think that they're good and you think that they're powerful and you think that they're special too. And, and that they want the best for you. Yeah, they want the best for you. And so you start to questioning yourself mm-hmm. and you start getting really insecure about yourself and things you might not have ever wondered. I know for me, when I found myself in a relationship with somebody with a lot of these traits, and I can't diagnose this person, but that a lot of these traits, once that relationship was no longer, I found myself asking my friends why nobody told me that I was so self self and apologizing for being so selfish and they're like you're not and I'm like I have to be right for this to have happened this can't be that yeah. this it can't be anything about him this is I did something and it can really diminish somebody's essentially like self I mean self-esteem but just my sense of self was kind of a little yeah, bit like haywire. knowing who you are knowing who I was yeah that had never been a question in my head yeah so like I said it's really dangerous to challenge these people and in a normal relationship we need to challenge each other right yeah, that's, that's how we grow yeah and fighting and arguing like that's healthy Mm -hmm. it doesn't end well in these types of relationships and you'll experience something called gaslighting which that is all over instagram (laughs) it is for sure it's another trendy word trendy word (laughs) and i'm like not every time somebody's being an asshole they're gaslighting you that's not (laughs) what that is (laughs) gaslighting is a very specific thing and it comes from a movie we decided it was called i think it's just called gaslight okay nobody's seen this movie but this is where it's very old i think it's black and white okay yeah so it comes from a movie and what's happening is um there's a woman in the movie and then there's a guy who's dimming gas lights and she's like oh the lights are dimming the lights are dimming and the guy's like no they're not and she's like yeah they are and he's like no they're not you must be crazy to the point where she's like well I guess I'm crazy and that happens in relationships with people with narcissistic personality disorder now you don't have to have this disorder to gaslight somebody right but these people do it so well because again they lack empathy so they don't feel the discomfort that anybody else would feel right they don't have the shame or the guilt about lying to someone no 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 so I mean it can look a million different ways Mm -hmm. Um, but you can get in an argument with somebody a healthy argument or you maybe you're mad at something that your partner or your boss did and you bring it to them and you try to have a discussion and you go in there really upset and ready to stand your ground and all of a sudden at the end of the conversation you're apologizing and crying and like I'm so sorry then like your friends who are outside of it are like what is wrong with you why did you apologize and right. you're like 
well, because I did X, Y, and Z. And And it's like, no, that's not true. You didn't do that. So it's, it's scary to be in these relationships because it's really hard to know you're in them because you've built that trust with that person, but it's not, it's not a two way street, but it feels like a two way street. It feels like a two way street. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Another thing to look out for is, do I get to experience this person's greatness? And um, do I get to be in this person's greatness and just like get to love this person? Or do I have to affirm this person's greatness? Very, very different. So because these people have this insatiable need to be better or different, and they don't like to just be seen as part of the group, because that's not good enough for them. They don't do things just for the sake of being a good human, right? So they're going to do something so that you can affirm them for being a good human. And that can look a couple of different ways. It can look like the person who's donating a million dollars to a charity and camera crew comes, they mm-hmm. take the picture with a big check and it's like, oh, he's, there's a video and he's like crying in it. Yeah. And he's not doing that because he feels anything so much or again, we're saying men because it's majority, but they're doing that because that's what you need to do to look good. That is going to get them the praise and affirmation because then you get the, oh my gosh, that was so kind or that's so amazing or you're so wonderful. I can't believe you raised that much money or 
it can look like in a romantic relationship it can look like somebody taking you on this nice date but it's all about everything that i did in order to get this nice date i had to call three months in advance to get this reservation and they only kept the reservation because they found out who i was and you just don't worry about order order whatever you want because i have plenty of money to pay for whatever of steak you want or whatever fancy <laughs> drink let's just order the whole bottle not just one drink and you don't get, just get to experience this awesome night you get to experience this awesome night that was made possible by this awesome person it all right? points back to them yeah and going back to that lack of empathy part which a normal person would be like wait this feels like self-righteous and like why do, i don't yeah, i don't like, want anybody to know like why do you keep would, talking about myself right here? <laughs> and, and you might donate money and it's an anonymous check you know right. what i mean or you have an interview, but you highlight the people that helped make it possible. And it's not you, yes. it's the team that you have. So going back to this lack of empathy, it's one thing that keeps us in check and allows us to know how to treat people kindly and fairly. But these people don't see themselves as equal as everybody else. They have to see themselves as larger. Now, if I can't acknowledge that I am like other people and that other people are like me, I won't have tolerance or empathy for others, which gives me license to do whatever I want. I mean, could that even go as far as saying like, I'm above the law? Oh yeah, totally. Like no rules apply to me. Yes. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, uh, that is a really good point. It looks like that a lot. Have you experienced that? Yeah, I think I've experienced it in weird ways of like manipulation of kind of finding loopholes to go about making certain you know deals or whatnot or uh -huh. using other authorities to kind of try to prove their point yeah and it's sense. like they they get to bypass the fear that a normal person would have in that because they have that special fantasy of who they are yeah so let's go back to what the relationship will look like these types of people have these three characteristics in relationships one they have a hard time apologizing so um they can apologize but it's i'm sorry i did that but Mm. or they use the apology to manipulate right it's a way to get something yeah they have a hard time expressing gratitude because to accept gratitude you would have to admit that somebody else has impacted or influenced me in a positive way rather me inf impacting or influence you so yeah. it's not so much i'm grateful for you being in my life right you're grateful to have me in your life if i'm the person <laughs> with all of these traits they have a hard time asking for help and then um, they have a hard time listening because listening involves intimacy intimacy is actually really scary for these people it gives them anxiety because it puts attention back on other people and not themselves what a way to yeah. live what what a way to live and i'm glad you said that because as much as these kinds of humans are really harmful and can be really scary and they can cause a lot of damage to people we have to remember that this comes from a a wound a childhood wound and it's not a great way to live and i have that empathy for them i feel sad because i want people to be able to move past their trauma and their wounds and these people just can't do it and so they look like they're living the their best life ever but they're not i was about to say do you think they feel that do they feel that weight of loneliness that weight of emptiness i'm can't necessarily say that they do or don't most likely not and that's one of the big differences with the traits and the personality disorder is somebody with traits definitely will feel it they yeah. definitely will feel lonely they totally and they don't always know what they're doing mm. they'll do some kind of manipulation as a way to feel better about themselves because they feel insecure but they don't do it maliciously and they don't it's not planned out somebody with this personality disorder it's very manipulative it's they know what they're doing they know how to get their needs met mm -hmm. i mean they're not gaslighting on accident they're gaslighting on right. purpose yeah so that's a big distinction that i do want people to hear 
Now, let's talk about what the relationships feel like and going back into what they look like <clears throat> on the inside. So again, in the beginning, it feels great. Yeah. Again, it feels, it feels awesome. It feels too good to be true. And there's three things that end up happening. They will idealize you. And that's that love bomb part. And again, when I say love bomb, any kind of relationship. Yeah. And then they will start to devalue you once you start showing up as human. And then once you stop offering them that thing that they wanted in you, they'll discard you and they'll go get it somewhere else. It's like, mm -hmm. they don't need to put up with you. It's like, again, going back to the avoidant attachment, it's like when it becomes too much work, it's like, ugh, this is too much for me. These feelings are too much. Go, 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 get out. And they, they essentially can start over. And so that's where you asked in the beginning, like, is it hard for these people to have relationships? Yeah, it is. Again, that's what happens in the relationship. Idealize, devalue, discard. Were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, and the devaluing usually starts when, let's just, for no other, like, it doesn't have to be in a romantic relationship, but the quote-unquote honeymoon phase is over. Yeah. Like, it's over. It's not coming back. And the problem, this is a big issue with the partner or the employee or the friend is because we knew that they once acted that way, it's like, but I know they, they have a good heart. I saw yeah. it. I know that they're good. And I know they don't mean that. Like they're just having a hard time. They're going through a stressful part of life. Like I know we can get back there. And that's where like the part we get stuck because we idealize the honeymoon phase. Yep. But it's a honeymoon phase. It is over. Oh, we are not there and we're not going back. And it's really hard to accept that. I, for me, I, I ended up kind of in a cycle of like yeah. it would be really good and then it'd be really bad it'd be good and then it'd be really bad mm -hmm. until you get to a point where you're just like and i don't know that i can fix this and you know what that is is that right well you can't fix it i know so I know. thank you <laughs> you can't fix it and it's not yours to fix but what what that is is there's this like dance of it's it's really great and then you start to show up as human and then they shut that down and they devalue you but then they come back around and they're really great again because in their head they're still want to get that thing from you and it happens over and over until it is not worth it for them all that energy until they see that you are showing up as your own person and you aren't mirroring what they need from you mm -hmm. then they're going to say this isn't worth it anymore goodbye you're fired i'm breaking up with you i never loved you i don't want to be your friend anymore right, like what they will cut you off and that is another big difference between having traits and having a personality disorder somebody with a personality disorder cuts off relationships somebody with traits knows that there is capable of rupture in relationship and repair mm. which is a really important thing to have for all healthy relationships yeah. we need to be able to get in spots where we fight or again argue or get our feelings hurt and then there's a genuine apology and we repair that relationship intimacy grows through conflict and somebody with just traits is capable of that. Somebody with a personality disorder, it's rupture cut off. If there's a lot of cut off in somebody's life, that's a red flag. Yeah, I think that's good. Also for me, I think what some of that looked like and why I kept going back in the manipulation around it, it was like, if something happened, we had a disagreement, you'd be like, oh, well, this is what you need to work on. And so for me, it's like, oh, this is a chance for me to improve myself. And like, that was a blind spot that I had. I didn't know that I had an issue with that. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me work on that. And you know what? In a healthy relationship, that's great. The issue is they are not trying to help you. Right. They are trying to help themselves. And that's a big distinguisher. The person in the relationship can't always see that. Right. And what I do want to offer is if you feel like this might be something that you're, you've, or you are experiencing, ask your friends who knew you before this relationship started, ask your friends what they see because they want what's best for you. And if they don't, you need new friends. 
Amen. (laughs) And so if your friends are saying, ah, this seems a little bit off or that really caught me off guard when he said that, or does that usually, if you're, and then if you're afraid to tell them what's happening. Also red flag. Red flag. There is a very, there's a healthy balance of learning what your blind spots are and then constantly being berated for things that aren't necessarily wrong with you. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that if you're told over and over and over and over and over and over again, the same thing from somebody about like, you're doing this wrong or this is you, this is you, you start to really believe that. And so it can be hard to trust your friends when they say that's not true. Yes. But you have to remember those friends want what's best for you. I'm talking about people that have seen you longer than this relationship. Correct. Something else, another way that I have kind of fallen into that trap is the person with narcissistic traits in a couple of different relationships I've had, they've brought in another authority figure to kind of try to manipulate me into thinking that I need to change or improve Mm -hmm. or to believe whatever they're saying. And that can look like a therapist, a coach, Mm -hmm. or I've even had someone use scripture to like kind of prove Mm -hmm. spiritual bypassing. Yes. What they are trying to say to get me to believe them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it can look like anything really. Mm -hmm. And when they bring in an authority figure, you as the person who wants to grow and be better is like, you're like, thank you. Yes. Thank you for showing me all the ways that I suck. (laughs) You are so, again, you're so wonderful. Yeah. And so if this person is offer if bringing in let's use therapists if they're offering you whether it's at work and they're like here have i'm gonna pay for your therapy or if it's a relationship but they're like you can't afford therapy i'm gonna get you the best therapist ever by the way she costs 300 dollars. don't worry about it yeah. i'll do this because i care so much about you or a parent can do that or too. A parent yes be careful with that that can be a really kind thing but if it can also be something that is used to show you that you're the one with the problems, make sure they're going to therapy too. Yeah. 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 If they're going to ask you to do it, make sure that they're willing to do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And so going back to the relationship and how it kind of falls apart, uh, when the person with the disorder, when they end up getting a sense that you're really connected to them, right? Because again, they're motivated by power. You're motivated by love and they're more avoidant this could be an avoidant or anxious or secure person doesn't matter what attachment style you have when you start to get vulnerable and and need from them in that relationship they're going to not be able to tolerate you and that's when the devaluing really will start and the criticizing will really start and the critiquing will really start and it's going to be mean a lot of times it'll start just like as little digs and it will end up being it can be really mean so it could really start the moment you start to get comfortable and open up to this person Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so at that point then you start to become feeling a little crazy right your self-esteem is hurt if there's an affair it's like it's my fault like it's something that i did and your your self-esteem will just go down and down and down and then you won't know what's happening you you might end up being depressed frustrated you might be scared of this person Mm -hmm. you you won't know what really to do and then what will happen is you'll show up that way the person with the disorder will discard you and they're going to go find somebody else, somebody richer, smarter, younger, quote unquote, prettier, more powerful, uh, more powerful. Yes. And it might not look more powerful or better to you, but again, it's whatever that they're looking for. Yeah. And then you're going to feel like you're just like thrown out like trash, mm-hmm. like essentially trash. And oh my God, that which that makes me think I said that when I got out of a relationship with somebody with many of these traits, I literally said, I don't understand how you can just throw me out like I'm your trash. Like you have no care. Yeah. Like you treat, you're treating me like trash. This person that I loved just, and they were fine, fine. These people will be 
show up as fine without you yeah if not better because you kind of become like a weight to them yeah you yes and then you end up not knowing who you are yeah we save this for the end i don't know why but who's susceptible (laughs) to these relationships the question is what do you think i mean you know but what did you think who did you know because we've recorded this seven times yeah and i've done my own research on this whole thing so what did you think like what kind of people were susceptible i thought it was weak people people that are easily manipulated people that don't have a sense of self don't have don't have a sense of self people that are servers or like feel like they need to do something for Mm -hmm. people all the time like yeah that's what i and that's why i thought i ended up in a relationship with someone with these traits because i'm weak it's you yeah Yeah. well the truth is this is not going to feel great to anybody but anybody can become a victim to these kinds of relationships because again you don't see all of this stuff in the beginning of these relationships you don't see it you see the goodness and you see the greatness and who doesn't want to be around somebody good and great yeah and who doesn't want to be love bombed well you don't want to be love bombed but it does feel (laughs) in the moment it feels feels really really good and so now that is to say if we have underlining insecurities or our own trauma around relationships and power there's a difference between who's susceptible to being attracted to these people and who stays in the relationship yeah that's where the most important information comes in right here so one we know what it feels like we know how to spot it we we've talked about all of that we know who's susceptible we know people that have their own woundings in relationships will stay in these longer and have a harder time moving away Mm -hmm. so how do you get out for those people one educating this this right here this Mm -hmm. is why i really wanted to do this because a lot of us don't know what's going on and we think it's us and i'm here to say that it's not always you sometimes it is us sometimes we need to go to therapy and work on our shit and sometimes it's not really us it's what's happening around us and so the first thing is educating on what is narcissism what is the difference between the traits and can i be with somebody that just has some traits a hundred percent if you want to be with that person yeah yeah can i be with somebody who has full-blown narcissistic personality disorder sure you can i just don't know that it's going to be a life that you're really wanting wanting and so figuring out why you feel so crazy first step and then the next step i would say go to a therapist and seek out therapy or help with somebody who's familiar with narcissism specifically not everybody knows a lot about it and when you go to school to become a therapist you get trained on essentially small bits of everything and then you go and find specialties and you research more and you learn more and go to trainings on more stuff you are familiar with or that you're interested in so find somebody that can help with that how would you know with will some therapists put that like i would just ask it it might be in their if they're a relationship if they deal with a lot of relationships they probably do but i would ask hey have have you worked with this um is this something that you feel comfortable with or if not do you have any referrals for somebody who okay is? Great. and i want you guys to know that no matter how wounded or bad or icky you feel you can always 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 come back to the truth of who you are always yes. and a lot of times we say things like i lost myself in that relationship mm-hmm. right i lost who i was and i don't think we necessarily lose ourselves what we do is we we bury parts of ourselves to protect us it. Yeah, we bury or we forget, yeah, to protect us in those relationships. And that's why we have therapy to help dig us out of that hole. That's really it. The la- what I want to end on is how you get out of these relationships is not by fixing them, right? Yeah. So these people might not ever change. 
And I always say that when people are going into relationships and starting relationships, whatever kind of relationship it is, when you start to feel who they are and you start to get a sense of who they are, you have to ask yourself, can I accept all of this? If they change, that would be great. But if they didn't, can I accept in this? Is this what I want? And that's the same thing with these types of relationships, whether it be a boss, a coach or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. You cannot ever go into a relationship I don't suggest going into a relationship hoping that things will change. change. And these people most likely don't want to be fixed. They don't want the help. They think they're wonderful. They think they're wonderful. And it's really hard for these people to really go shift because that's a question I get all the time. Like, will they change? Do they have the the possibility to change? Everybody has the possibility to change, but it's so unlikely because for them to change would force them to access the scariest thing in the whole entire world. It's like asking me to go jump into a giant pit of snakes and spiders. I'm not doing that. I don't care what it would get me. I'm not doing it. And so that's what it would be like for somebody with this personality disorder to go in a therapy room and be honest. And unzip themselves. And unzip themselves. I can't tell you what it feels like to be these people if you're not that person, but it is very somewhat similar to somebody who has an avoidant attachment style who comes to therapy and they start to feel things and they're like, this is the worst thing ever. Why am I doing this? You're a horrible (laughs) therapist. You're making this worse. And they have to, there's a period of time where all they want to do is run away. And it would be like that times 1700. Yikes. Yeah. So... Well, what do you say to people that are, they have a family member with these traits and they're kind of forced to be in a relationship with them? Boundaries. <laughs> Boundaries, really. If you don't want to cut off that, sometimes I will say you have to, this cut relationship, you can't, and it's not cut off in the way that somebody with a personality disorder would cut you off and, and leave. It's a boundary. Of yeah. like, this is actually not healthy for me and it's really hard boundaries it can be cut off but sometimes it can just be okay i need to set some internal boundaries when i start to feel x y and z i know that's my cue to leave and i have permission to do that i don't go to certain events or certain places with these people or maybe i only spend time with them in a group yeah i think that's great it can be different for every person yeah and so guys if you have any questions you can send them to katherine at unitherapypodcast.com and yeah i hope this was helpful do you have anything you want to say i didn't say this but if you want to follow kellen <laughs> if you want to follow any of us actually if you would like to follow me i'm at cat.defada if you want to follow the podcast it's at unitherapypodcast and if you want to follow kellen who is now a regular but i'm not a therapist i feel like that needs to be known yeah yeah, yeah. she's just a human <laughs> with feelings um you can follow me at k-e-l-l-y-n-j-o kellen Kellen joe Joe. all right well thank you for being here and again if you guys have questions um let us know if you like the episode let us know and uh be safe out there guys if you feel crazy it might not be it might not be you trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.